to the beautiful Tempe Center for the Arts. This is the Clean Kings of Comedy Show, but to be all honest, they're all a bunch of jokers. They're going to make you laugh. Anyway, here's the main man of the hour. Give it up for Tony Vincent! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Good mood? Yeah! Fantastic. Uh, I want to start out by uh, uh, welcoming you to come out here. Well, this is going to be the best show you've ever seen uh, by a fake lake in Tempe. I guarantee you that. You may, you may have gone to a lot of places where they had a fake lake in Tempe, but this will be the best one. And uh, we, we call this our uh, Christmas show because uh, it's in December. So um, if it was in November, we'd call it our November show. But uh, it is kind of like our, because it's a holiday show, uh, we decided to do uh, what we like to do, we like to do a clean show. And I've got uh, what I believe and what uh, will be proven the next few minutes, the best comics, uh, not only in the city, in the state, but some of these guys I've been working with for many years. I don't want to tell you how many at this point, but a long time. Some of the best comics in the country. Uh, Bob Cabot is here tonight. Let's hear for Bob. Jonathan Gregory's here. Arthur Belkin and John Jester, Joe Cordrick. So uh, it's a great lineup that we put together, especially for you. I know that uh, uh, someone talked to me not too long ago, and then I go, a young guy. So you a clean show, and I go, well, I just, look, it's, for me nowadays, comedy is like going out for music. Sometimes I don't hear country music. No, I never want that. But um, <laughs> I can't possibly imagine that. Uh, uh, and sometimes I want jazz, you know, and sometimes I want to see a Disney movie, and sometimes I want to see something else. And so we like to put this together for people that want to come out and see uh, a more G-rated type of uh, entertainment. So uh, that's why we're doing it. And uh, uh, how many married people do we have here tonight? Married folks, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> How many, uh, how many single people do we have? Why is it always like that? It, why, first off, why are the married people tipping their hands how miserable they are? You see, I see that many married people like, yeah. And then they go, how many single people like, yeah! Why, if I were married, I would, you have to write home with each other tonight still. I would just, if I was married, I'd go, yeah, I am married. What the hell am I talking about? I am married. <laughs> if I was married. Now I have to write home with my wife. Go, what was that? Uh, yeah, I'm married. I, you know, I've discovered something, too, uh, being married. And uh, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. This is the first time I've shared it from the stage. But I, uh, here's something I've discovered at this point in my life. You can pick out a piece of land where there's nothing, where it's empty, okay? And you can buy that piece of land, okay? And then you can go and pick a design for a home. Okay, and pay an architect and go, that's what I want my house to look like. And then you can buy the materials. Okay? And then you can hire people to build that house. And you can pay for that house. And the minute a woman moves in with you, it's her house. <laughs> that's a much better joke than the response I just got right there. I'm gonna be honest with you. That was the first time I tried it, so and by the way, if she hangs something in the wall on the wall, you're done. There. There's a guy who's actually been married for a while. You can be arguing with your wife about something, and all of a sudden you go, well, who hung that on the wall? I go, well, you did. Okay, then it's my house. Shut up. I'll do what I want. And if she hangs like a religious thing on your wall, forget it. It's over. You can be dating someone twice. You come home, and there's a picture of Jesus. That's it. You're married. You didn't even know it. Well, the people who are getting these jokes go around explaining to people who aren't getting the jokes. Some of you having a great time in the rest going, tell some jokes we can dance to. 
Hey, we got a, a lot of great stuff coming up for you here. Uh, January 6th, uh, we return in 2017 for another year of the uh, Tempe Comedy Concert Series with none other than uh, uh, Ernie Green. And those shows always sell out. We still haven't figured out why. But um, you want to come out and check that out. Are you guys ready to get this show started? Yes. Guy, he worked with us. Uh, uh, we, we're starting to expand out. We do more and more theaters throughout the state and country. And whenever we're doing a, a theater show, we consider this a theater type show. We always bring this guy in, and uh, you're gonna love him. He's one of our favorite acts. He's perfect for kicking the night off. How about a warm welcome, please, for Joe Corgren? <laughs> I like you people a lot. 
I just got service connected two years ago uh, for PTSD and uh, hearing loss from when I was in Nam. And uh, I never talked about Vietnam, and part of my group tells us that it's very cathartic. So uh, the worst time I ever had was we were down in An Hoa, in a place next, it was called Tien Phuoc, except we didn't call it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were getting surrounded, run, overrun, and we couldn't get any artillery or support coming in. We were running out of ammo, and a Charlie jumped right up in front of my my bunker right in front of me, we're eye to eye. Fortunately for me, my his uh, AK-47 jammed. And though it was just a nanosecond, just a nanosecond, felt like a lifetime. And uh, I had no ammo. I reached around and grabbed at anything that was there and swung as hard as I could. And uh, I'll never forget that look in his face when I hit him with that bag of donuts. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> too real? Yeah, too surreal. All right, it's time now for some hacky guitar comedy. <laughs> Don't get too excited, I'm always screwing stuff up. You guys like Adele? All Sings Elmer, sends, uh, sings Lionel Richie. Hello, are you no. stuck on you? Got this feeling deep down in my soul. Must be super cool. <laughs> That's okay. You can feel sorry for me. If a face could launch a thousand ships, then yours could sink a fleet. <laughs> I never had either. All right. <clears throat> Here's a little song I didn't wrote. I don't give a crap if you sing and no, don't smile. Be grumpy. <laughs> Sundays come and Sundays go. The weekend's over before you know. The rest of the week I'll be grumpy. When you're down and feeling blue, there's only one thing that will do. Tater tots, tater chips, and donuts. Come on, everybody, sing along. Tater tots, tater chips, and donuts. All right, one more time. Tater tots, tater chips, and donuts. Very good. Give yourself a hand. This, this song came out. In 1971, it was about a month after I came back from my second tour of Vietnam. I had just turned 21.
from here. And so let's have a big, nice, gracious welcome for John Jesper. I'll keep it going for Johnny Cash's uncle. He was awesome. At first I thought the stand right here was his hurricane. But uh, I'm kidding, because I'm going to be there soon. Uh, how you guys doing? Yeah? Is everybody all ready for Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating in the next few weeks? Is that nobody went Black Friday shopping? No, or uh, small business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Taco Tuesday. Anybody shop for Christmas, Taco Tuesday? That's usually when I do it. Three tequilas, two carne asadas, everybody's done. Oh, it's good. Um, no, I actually just got back from uh, the Polar Express. Yeah, oh, it's magical. You gasp. Do you need time to catch up? Did you go too? I hope you have kids. <laughs> You're supposed to have children to go there? No wonder they kicked me off the train. Of course, I have a child. That qualified me, and he's mine. Thank goodness. No, but uh, it was a lot of fun, um, mostly because, like, yeah, you, it is all about the kids, but it's, it's so fun to look for that one father in line or on the train that just has a blank look on his face because he realized how much cash he had to drop on his five children to ride that train. It would have been easier if he just had like Tom Hanks come over and recreate the movie. I think it would have been a lot cheaper. Because every parent, like there's, there's a lot of parents that are in the Christmas spirit there and then you have the ones who are just like at that point where they are just going to lose it at any second. They're just like, sit down. This is all about Christmas. Enjoy the Christmas spirit. <laughs> oh, Santa's here. It's awesome. Yeah, no, and they like they try to recreate it as much like the movie as possible. I don't know if anybody's ever done this magic event, but uh, yeah, they have the conductors all dressed up, and there's people on each train car that look like the chefs on the movie. So each each uh, train car gets their own personal chef, and the chef's supposed to keep your spirits all riled up and going. And we had this girl who was very bubbly, but she was calling out people who wouldn't sing Christmas carols. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. It's not very festive. You know, like Dan in 3C did not sing Merry Christmas to all. Yep. Oh, uh, Betty over there in, in D17, she wasn't singing Santa Comes to Town. Bless you. <laughs> And I felt like if she did this anymore, it'd be like, yes, and Chef Kelly will now uh, be singing her rendition of Silent Night because somebody punched her in the throat. <laughs> Sing away, Chef Kelly. Joyous little lady. Oh, man. Yeah, but it, Christmas is all about the kids. Like, you guys are ready? You kids here? Yeah? Are you ready for Christmas? Did you get your list in? You think? I don't know, I just gave it to some dude in like a red sweater with a beard. Could have been Santa, could have been a trained hobo. I don't know. He looked trustworthy. What did you ask for for Christmas, young man? I want one of those too. 
long-term memory. <laughs> I ruined mine, but that's another show all entirely. <laughs> what did you ask for? Xbox One, very cool. Yes, Santa's gonna get a second job. <laughs> Maybe a third. Santa will also be doubling as the chef on the Polar Express, working for tips. No, that's awesome, man, that's a great gift. You get to go online and talk all kinds of business to kids in China while you're playing Minecraft, I love it. That's what my son does all the time. Who are you talking to, Wang Lung? He does not know how to properly build a house, Dad. And that's because he's building the skyscraper next to your tiny house, Jackson. So you got like a complete logistics system, infrastructure going. That kid's on it. Have fun with your log cabin, son. Oh uh, no, my son. Uh, so how old are you, buddy? Okay. That's an appropriate gift for a 10-year-old, I think, the Xbox One. Yeah, my son decided to ask for a laptop. He's seven. <laughs> Why, don't I get a phase for a few years for like G.I. Joe's, action figures, something that'll eventually like break within six months that isn't going to cost me several hundred dollars? He's like, Dad, come on, I need a laptop, it needs to have Wi-Fi, we need these apps, YouTube, YouTube Red, because I don't want the commercials, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know, they grow up so fast. I love them, though, he's like the apple of my eye, I just like to, you know, just sit there and stare at him and, like, in awe, like, oh, look at that, look at, look at what my wife and I created together. And then he'll catch me looking at him like, Dad, why are you staring at me like that? It's a bit creepy, don't you think? <laughs> No, he's awesome. Um, yeah, and he's definitely spent his good amount of time uh, embarrassing me, which is awesome. Uh, we were actually at Walmart not too long ago. Uh, this was when he was like four or five. And we're in line at the checkout. And we're sitting there and I'm putting all my stuff up on the little conveyor belt. And all of a sudden he just kind of catches a, a glimpse of the checkout lady and his jaw drops. And he looks at me and he looks at her and he goes, Daddy, what happened to her teeth? <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, to be fair, they were a little busted, you know. Uh, the grill was in different directions. They were, uh, poor lady. And, uh, but I was just like, Jackson, what are you saying? Like, don't say that. He's like, no, Daddy, you must tell me. What happened to her teeth? <laughs> and she's just like, oh, don't you worry, little man. This is, it's a long story. Like, what is that humming sound? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to sit here and tell you. Is that a rollback special or is that your. It's like the wind. No, and he just, he wouldn't lay off it. Like, we're even like after we check out, and I'm like hiding my head underneath a hoodie, like Justin Bieber coming out of like a nightclub. And, he, and he's just, he's sitting there like, like hounding me like all the way back to my truck. Daddy, you have to tell me what happened to her teeth. I'm like, Jackson, you really want to know what happened to her teeth? I'll tell. All right? She never went to school. 
She stayed up late. She asked, she asked for the Xbox One for Christmas and a laptop. Yeah, she ate way too much candy. She talked back to her teacher and her parents. How'd that go? Uh, he brushes his teeth quite frequently. Thank you. Thank you, Walmart lady. Life's lessons. No, it's, uh, it's good stuff. It is. Uh, but I think with like Christmas, we are getting a little out of hand with the season. Like it does seem to come earlier each year. You know, like it used to be like Black Friday was an event, you know, like all the people that were serious shoppers are like, oh, we're gonna camp out. We'll get up early in the morning. We'll buy all the Christmas presents. This will be great. This will be awesome. And now it's, you know, you know, you shop on Thanksgiving, apparently like Arbor Day, there's like a tree shopping special. You know, there's the after Easter Christmas special sales event. Yeah, it's, it's gotten ridiculous, huh? I think everybody now just needs like drones and gift cards. That's what we'll just get everybody. You good with that, man? All right. I like you. I can't see your clocks because they're camouflage. <laughs> oh, no, man. It is awesome. So, uh, like the previous comic was saying, uh, I am originally from here. I came all the way from West Phoenix to be here with you tonight. Yeah! Exactly. That's why I had to hop on the Polar Express. That's a trek. Yeah, anybody else come from the West Side? You guys did? Yeah, you did? Cool. Well, that's awesome. You guys, uh, normally, like, all the West Side people are close to the door because you got warrants. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. Hurry up with the show. Popo's coming. Sheriff Joe's not out of office yet. Yeah, has anybody ever visited the West Side that doesn't live over there and live to tell about it? Yeah, it is a crazy neighborhood. I've lived out there off and on my entire life. It's the strangest neighborhood you will ever go to, folks. If you come to my neighborhood on the west side, you'll see the following things. You'll see like kids' big wheels and power wheels all up on blocks with the tires missing. <laughs> right in the front yard, that's no good. Child to parent ratios like eight to one. <laughs> and nobody's Mormon. <laughs> All the utilities, like the power, and the water, and the cable, we put them in the baby's name. That's right, because the nine-year-old always has the best credit in the ghetto. I've had HBO since I was seven. Figure that out. It's good. Kionda Gringo can be loosely translated in my neighborhood as how's it going, my fine Caucasian neighbor. Who burns easy in the sun and cannot tolerate the spicy foods of my native homeland. <laughs> uh, so we also got bowl season coming up, fiesta bowls right around the corner, all the fun bowl games around the holidays. Love that. Love the Super Bowls coming up. Love sports. One thing I don't understand about sports, especially the professional sports, is why companies like Nike and Gatorade spend millions of dollars sponsoring those athletes because they're so good, they don't need it. You know, Nike and Gatorade do not need to be on and in an athlete for them to be good. If Nike and Gatorade really wanted to spend the money wisely, have them sponsor midnight border crossings. 
Those are the people that need good shoes and something cold to drink, right? Yes. It would be so much better to turn on ESPN at like 2 in the morning and see some guy just hauling butt through the desert, singing Gaylor, it is Thursday for that deep down body headlights duck! <laughs> Grandma can't duck, she's got a bad hip. Quick, Chewie, make her look like a cactus. And then we prop up Grandma. Um, I was doing a little bit of holiday shopping at Staples, of all places, because somebody wanted a laptop for Christmas. And, uh, yeah, no, but this is the best thing. I'm sitting there, like, going and paying for my stuff, and I'm at the checkout line again, as I often am when I buy things. And uh, the guy behind the, you know, and, you know, just sitting there paying for my stuff, and all of a sudden I, I let out a silent but deadly uh, stinky fart. Yeah, don't judge me, you've all done it. I smelled some of you as I was coming up on stage. No, but you know, so like naturally I got to like really self-conscious and I wanted to get out of there very quickly. So I'm just trying to like hurry up the transaction. And all of a sudden the guy behind the counter just starts. And I'm just like, oh no. And he's just. for you, but that's about as far as this is going to go. But I felt bad for that guy, because either he's been lied to his entire life as to what delicious barbecue is, or he comes from a family of horrible cooks. But if you're ever at the Staples off of Scottsdale and Osborne, and the guy behind the counter invites you to a tailgate party or a backyard barbecue, don't go. You guys have a good night. Thank you very much. Time to bring up our next treat. He just broke out of the nursing home. Uh, we gave him a lot of memory pills, so he should be good for about the next 10 to 15 minutes. Give it up for Arthur Belkind, everybody. Hi, everyone. I think my name is Arthur Belkind, and uh, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Actually, I'm excited to be anywhere tonight. I want to start by thanking you guys for coming out. Your, your support's incredibly important to all of us. <clears throat> uh, but to be perfectly honest, it's a lot more important to me. I'm quite a bit older than my colleagues, and my timeline for success is quite a bit smaller. So you seem like you've been a, a good crowd, and I'm hoping you'll work with me. Here's the plan. I skip the jokes. You go right to the laughter, and I get the hell out of here and go home to bed where I belong. <laughs> At my age, I should be doing lie down, not stand up. <laughs> if anyone has a chance of dying up here tonight, 
you're looking at. I'm so old, I remember when the Dead Sea was sick. I remember rainbows when they were black and white. And how's this? I can remember preparation A. I've seen Haley's Comet 27 times. And I can actually remember when the Congress did something. You know that was a long time ago. A long time ago. I gotta tell you, I'm sure everyone is so glad that the elections are over and God knows what we have in store for us. But the, the Congress has done nothing for years and that's both sides of it. And thank God the states at least have tried to do something. Some of them passed laws legalizing uh, marijuana. Controversial. Some of them passed laws legalizing gay marriage. Controversial. Especially with the religious right. But that's the part I don't understand. If they read their Bibles, in Leviticus it clearly states, if a man layeth with another man, they shall be stoned. <laughs> Flight attendants were women. 
I think they still are, it's just a little more difficult to tell. <laughs> but, but now, it's a whole different thing. You gotta go online, you have to do it. You gotta surf, you search, you do your due diligence, you find 8,000 flights, you finally find one, you book it, and you think you're done, but boom, all of a sudden a seat chart pops up. <laughs> and for $80, you can get a red-coated seat. I think that's the one that your whole ass can fit in. <laughs> for 40 bucks, you get a blue-coated seat, that's maybe for both legs. And for 20 bucks, you get the white-coated seat, which I'm pretty sure is in the bathroom. It's like, what the hell did I just buy? Standing room? I mean, I just, when I flew with the Wright brothers, they didn't care where I sat. <laughs> the wind was fine for them. So now you get to the airport, and the first thing that happens is somebody orders you to take off your hat and your jacket and your shoes and your belt and empty your pockets and take out your computer. And this is a thief in the parking lot. <laughs> and the thing that gets me the most upset about it is everybody in the world has to take off their shoes because of that moron shoe bomber. Why couldn't you have been a bra bomber? <laughs> Going through TSA with a little bit more fun, you know. Then we have, of course, TSA. These are the most inept human beings on the face of the earth. Am I right? There's nothing in the world they can do to get better. Once you're inept, you can't become apt. There's no, we don't, there's certain words that we don't have, you know. You've all been disgruntled. I bet you've never been grumbled. <laughs> I've been overwhelmed. I've been underwhelmed. Ever been whelmed? <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Getting back to our friends at TSA, at least here in Phoenix, they just did something about a couple of these characters. They were cited so many times for groping and fondling that they just transferred two of them to another parish. <laughs> Old, I can say uh, one good thing about flying, I think, Southwest Airlines. You guys fly Southwest? Yeah. You know, they, they don't rip you off. The one bad part about it is that you have to go online 24 hours before to get your boarding area. Don't do it. I'm going to give you some great advice now, and this is true. You don't have to worry about that. You could be C3046. When you get to the airport, you go up to the counter and you tell them, I need to medically pre-board. They're not allowed to ask you any questions. If you tell them you have to medically pre-board, they have to let you. And this is the truth. I thoroughly embarrass my, my, my family. I fight the people in the wheelchairs to pre-board to get on first. <laughs> now you're on. You gotta sit in the first or second row on the aisle. Then you reach in front, you take out an air sick bag, open it up and hold it under your mouth. Nobody will sit next to you. <laughs> People have gotten off the plane and taken other flights rather than sitting next to you. you know, another, once in a while, people do sit next to me and you know, they want to tell you their life story. And I just look at them and say, you can see me? 
stops me. But on one flight, I had this very, very elegant lady who was sitting next to me, and uh, she had this fabulous cologne perfume on her. And she must have seen I went like this. And she looked at me and she said, Joy, $250 an ounce. I didn't say anything. About an hour later, we're up in the air, and I see her looking at me, and she's going. And I go, broccoli, 69 cents a Door opens, 
She's moving so slow, it closed. She had to turn back around, step on the mat again. She was pissed because she couldn't get in. It took like two minutes to get in. That's why you would have a significant other where somebody could just step on the mat. You're like, go, go. But if they pissed at you, they take their foot off and the door closes and they just look at you. You need me, don't you? Because uh, one morning I woke up and I heard something snap. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I laid in bed for 20 minutes, locking and popping, trying to figure out which bone became dislocated. And I just kept moving around and I just started thinking, I was like, man, what was that? And then I remembered the night before I did a puzzle and I just rolled over on a number two pencil. Snap that, so 20, 20 minutes of my life is gone. Because I walk around my house, this is what I hear when I walk around my house. I sometimes would just stand still and not move just so I can get peace and quiet in my house. <laughs> Don't even move. Don't even think about it, man. And then I learned this here. I think if you want to grow aggressive, you also make sure you always exercise. So I decided to start jogging. I put on my little jogging suit in a new neighborhood. I got out. I started running. I ran around the corner. I saw a speed bump. I'm like, it's too early for hurdles. Ran right back into the house. It's not happening. It's not happening. I'm sitting there with my nephew. We watched TV. He kept looking at me. I didn't understand why. I'm just watching TV and he's just looking at me off and on. He's like, Uncle Keith. Like, yeah, man, what's up? Is that your eyes making that noise? Oh my God, I'm losing lubrication too. as a kid, you just pop up real quick, you're like, I'll pound them. Oh, I hope nobody saw me, I hope nobody saw me. But when you get older, you tell people you fall. You tell people, you're like, I fell the other day. Like you want people to know, because even when I go jogging, I jog in areas where you can find the body. I don't run trails anymore. Because the other day, I mean, as a kid, you fall down fast, you get up. The other day I fell, it finally happened, I fell. When you get older, you fall slower. You know that too, right? You've had it happen? No, I was in my house, I was going to, to the other room, all of a sudden I tripped, I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God. I'm looking around, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually going down, this cannot be happening. And I heard the phone. I cannot believe this, I'm going, I'm like, oh my God. My head's gonna hit the ground. This is actually gonna hurt. I cannot believe I'm actually gonna. I'm like this. Uh, my head bounced. Pop. Like oh, that that really hurt. That that was really bad right there. And I'm laying there and I'm just thinking to myself, I fallen and I I I don't want to get up. That's what. Like. <laughs> then I started thinking like, how would I get up? You know. And I thought as a kid, when I got up as a kid, you know, you roll over on your stomach and then you kind of back it up. You're like, okay, okay, you back it up, you back it up, and then you get to a certain point. You look around for like an ottoman chair, you try to pull it to you, get it around there, and then you start getting up to a certain point, and then you stop and you rest. <laughs> then you start, you get on that second journey, you're like, okay, I know I can do this, I know I can do this, I know I can do this. Then, you, then you get to that second stage, and like you stop and you rest. Then once you get to the final point, you get all the way up where you are, and you're like, oh, oh my God. And you're like, okay, now, now what was I getting ready to do? <laughs> oh, I remember, I was gonna go lay down. 
happens, man. It happens. And because I travel across the country, I've done some things in Germany and other areas, I notice, like, you know, I pay attention to things. Like, there's three black people in here, okay? <laughs> no, because I went to Germany. There's not a lot of black people in Germany. I went to Ansbach, Kettlebach, all those areas. Everything in Germany is a village. Everything's a village. So here I am, my translator, we're walking to the village. And she's from Czech Republic. As we're walking, going here and going into the village, there's a black guy coming out of the village. She had the nerve, she saw him at the same time I did. She looked at me, she's like, do you know him? <laughs> I looked at her like, really, really? But we looked at each other, had the little eye contact, you know, he had a nine little eight hour sitting. He went on, I went on inside, inside the village. We're inside the village for four hours, walking around in the village, doing our thing. We decide to leave the village. When we leave the village, at the same time, he's going back into the village. Which made me think, there's a guy somewhere, one's leaving, let the other one come back in. Yeah, you know we can't have two of them in the same place at the same time. jobs. And I'm going to put this like, I mean, I don't like to make fun of people, but I do like to tell the truth. So, here it is. I go to Walmart, there's a guy with one arm. He's the greeter at Walmart. I walk into Walmart, he's like, hey, welcome to Walmart, welcome to Walmart. He's got the marker in his hand. Welcome to Walmart, welcome to Walmart. I'm like, okay, cool. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, I've got what I need, my hands are full, I'm leaving. He's like, excuse me. Excuse me, I need to see your receipt. I'm like, my hands are full. I'm like, okay, uh, I grab my receipt out the bag, I give it to him, he's like, mm. Like, I did something wrong. He's like, I can't grab the receipt. I'm like, oh, okay. I put the bag down, I hold the receipt for him, and he checks it. Like, no, no, I just did your job, no. You need to take that receipt, stick it under your chin, and check it, give it back to me. If you can't do that, you need to be at the express lane, with that one arm, nothing's getting in the way. Get us out of here. I'm walking around the grocery store here, the fireman in the other aisle. I'm walking around here with the fireman saying, man, I can't stand the heat. I wanted to run around the aisle to see who he was just in case my house was on fire. I'm like, don't you come. I don't want you at my house. Then I thought about this here. Do you guys like to program cops? I don't. I like the program Alaska State Trooper. Love that show. Love Alaska State Trooper. You know why I love Alaska State Trooper? Because you never see black people getting arrested on Alaska State Trooper. That's why I love that show. You never see it happening. Black people don't rob people in the cold. It's like, ooh, it's too cold. You can have a thug in Chicago right now sitting in this apartment like, I'm going to go get that rent. Go outside that hawk. like, pow. He's like, hey, babe, can you get a summer job? You know, until the summertime at least. I saw a black state trooper chase a guy down in a car. He finally got the guy to pull over. The guy pulls over, the black trooper stayed in the car. Driver, bring me your license and registration. <laughs> yeah, bring me your license and registration. The guy gets out, he walks back to me, that's the window down. It's cold, go ahead and sit in your car down the way to run this here. Made me think, what if it was another black guy that got pulled over? Driver, 
Bring me your license and registration. No, I'm not a <laughs> Driver, I will call the white state troopers. They don't have a problem getting out. People are like, oh. And then before I ended, I was just breaking down like, what would you rather have, a dog or a cat? Okay, I'm from Midwest, I'm from Indiana, everything has to be a dog, we want a dog. The reason why I don't want a cat is because I don't want a witness, okay? I don't need a witness. <laughs> Let me explain to you, I'll put it like this here. I worked in certain areas, I worked a lot of jobs in my life. Now, I look at it this way, one, if you have a dog, let's say you live alone, you become deceased, that dog will lay with you, it's loyal, it will lay with you, it will most likely die with you. It will not go get anything to eat, nothing. You have a cat, that cat, you die. That cat's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> He starts eating your orifices. <laughs> I worked at a funeral home. I know this. Cats will be like, well, I can't open a can of frisky on I just eat this person. No. I want because if somebody breaks into your house, at least the dog will help you fight. Oh, no, no. You both might die. The dog's like, I tried. It's like, yeah, me too, me too. And you're dead. <laughs> you do that with a cat. A cat's like, oh Lord, there's somebody in the house. It's hiding this white. You got the nerve to call me a pussy cat. No. <laughs> Everybody loves ramen. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? 
Because you all do love ramen, don't you? Good. If you don't, we got a word for you. Successful. There we go. Thanks for coming out, man. What multicultural show. Everybody's here, man. Where are my Asian people tonight? My Asian people? All right, there's a warm feeling of diversity. There's a big hug for me. I appreciate that. Well, I'm a rare jewel. I am an Asian comedian. And people go, what's it like being one of the few Asian American comedians? Well, like I said, you sit around wishing you were African American comedian. And then your career takes off, right? Because I got my show business break in the fourth grade. I was starring in the big fourth grade Christmas play for the other class. They had one part left. They gave it to me. The part was Santa Claus, and I took that challenge. Yeah, they weren't buying it, though. I was out there with a red hat and a white beard going, ho, 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 I got gifts for all the good little girls and boys. And then from this side of the room, I hear, hey, Jimmy, I don't know what we're getting for Christmas, but I'll bet you it's going to be electronic. All right, all right. It's a big break for me. Very happy to be here. I love Arizona because it's multicultural and everybody gets along here in Arizona, all the different groups. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Everybody loves everybody. Not so much. I heard on the news that everybody hates Arizona because they think we're a bunch of intolerant people. They think we're intolerant of other ethnic groups, and that's not true, is it, Arizona? No. No, thank you. You've got to be tolerant of other ethnic groups when you live in the desert. You know why? Because the sun will make you a bunch of different ethnic groups. Did you notice that? <laughs> I've got some bad tan lines going. I don't know who I am anymore. I go inside and take off my pants. I'm looking up my leg. I go, my thigh is Asian, but my calf comes from Kenya. And I'm Native American in the transitional area. And my rear end comes from Antarctica. I'm every man. Sometimes I'd like to lay in bed at night and put my brown arm over my white chest and think that I'm in an interracial relationship. <laughs> I lived other places too. I used to live in New Hampshire, or what I call the Far East. That's where I live. Yeah. It was tough dating in New Hampshire because there's a state that's 85% trees. 15% women that look like trees. I dated a stump for a couple of weeks. People said, hey, where'd you meet her? I said, on timber. Swipe to the right, she fell right over. For you philosophers, she did make a noise. Okay, thank you. That was my tribute to Arbor Day. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. So, it's good to be back here in Arizona. I love our job. I get to travel quite a bit, entertain the troops and stuff. I go overseas and stuff. People go, hey, how do you get this comedy job anyway? Well, you gotta go to college and do real poorly. That's how you get this job. I went to Arizona State University back there in the day. Did you guys go there? Yeah, I went there back in the day. If you scored a 3.8 at Arizona State, it was probably on a breathalyzer machine, right? <laughs> I always felt like dropping out of college. My dad would keep me in this great advice. He'd always say, just remember, son, education is a shortcut to success. It's like, no pops, the lotto is a shortcut to success. He goes, come here, smart guy. What makes you think you're winning the lottery? It's like, I don't know, same thing that makes you think I'm passing calculus. <laughs> Odds are exactly the same there, Daddy-o. Good, good point, here's 10 bucks, go scratch us a winner. Get the hell out of here. I spent a long time in college. Is six years too long to be in college, ladies and gentlemen? No, thanks, because I was there for eight. I was freaking out after five because the pressures of being a sophomore was really getting to me at that point. You understand the college deal? How many people have a college degree in here by a round of applause? College degrees? Now, how many of you people actually have a degree that, that, that matches the job that you have now? Wow. 
worked out for you, that's weird. I got a degree in journalism, which is writing, I found out after a couple semesters. <laughs> Something to do with words, apparently. And I use words for a living, and I don't understand the words I'm using. I think there are subliminal messages in our words if you look at them real close. Did you ever look at the word syllable? The word syllable has three syllables in it, which is too, too many for what it means. Thank you very much. I figured that out myself. Thank you. I also noticed that the word phonetically is not spelled phonetically. <laughs> Truly hate these people. I noticed that the words monkey and donkey do not rhyme, and it seems like they should. I noticed that the words marital law and martial law is merely a flip of two letters. I think the word lawyer is just the word liar with an accent. I think the word Santa and Satan are a little bit too close together for my taste. I think the word abbreviation is way too long and we need a shorter version. Why do they call toothpaste toothpaste? It should be called teeth paste because you got more than one. If you literally need toothpaste, brushing and flossing is no longer your biggest problem. Thanks for letting me get through that list of words. You gotta make fun of that stuff though, don't you? Because I couldn't spell those words. Do we have any bad spellers in here by a round of applause? Any bad spellers? something we're proud of, though, because it's not our fault. They tricked us. They put silent letters in the words. What are the silent letters for? Like, spelling isn't hard enough without those stealth weapons shooting out my scores. The word of the design, Bobby. There's a Z sound in that word, but no Z. There's a G in that word, but no G sound. Do you know what that's for, Bobby? I don't know. To mess up my future? There's no reason for that. We don't need silent letters. Do you know what we need in our life? Silent numbers. That'd be much better, don't you think? Because that would have come in handy, like to pay off that student loan. That would have been awesome. That'll be $47,000, but the seven and the thousand are silent. How does that grab you? Holds me like a warm teddy bear. Then they gave you algebra. Remember algebra? Because if you were bad at numbers and letters, they mixed them together in a nice salad and said, hey, chew on that for a while. Bobby, what's 3x times 3y? I'm like, nine? Nine what? What about the variables? I'm like, they're silent variables? <laughs> that's what I can do, man. Well, that's why I love living in Arizona, because for the second year in a row, we scored 49th in education. That's something to be proud of, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? And we brag about that, too, don't we? It's like, hey, at least we're not 52nd. <laughs> Keep this up, we'll be 60th in no time. Which means we got a lot of slacker kids out here in the desert. And I love slacker kids, don't you? Because they don't mean any harm. They just ask you a bunch of silly questions. Most people come up to me and go, hey, are you Vietnamese? Are you Korean? I totally understand that. But a slacker kid came up to me tonight in the parking lot and goes, dude, are you an Eskimo? <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I could be. And I'm thinking there's a billion and a half Chinese and Japanese in this world, and that was your first guess. <laughs> Because we are standing here in a desert. That is one friggin' lost Eskimo. That would be very difficult. I'd have to rebuild my igloo every 15 minutes. Could you squeegee my house back to me, please? Hanging out at the mall at the PetSmart trying to harpoon a betta fish. Love Arizona. What else are we proud of in Arizona? Anything? Oh, no daylight savings time. We don't change our clocks twice a year. People love that, right? People always ask me, how come you guys don't change your clocks? Well, it's because we're 49th in education, that's why. Well, you can't handle that responsibility. Was it fall forward, spring back? Oh, I messed that up again. 
You guys are awesome. Thanks for letting us come up here and get a few laughs here tonight. we got one more comic to go. You guys are awesome. Thanks for laughing. And all, everybody's jokes, everybody's very funny tonight. This is a very hard job, public speaking in front of strangers. It's the number one fear of, of human beings. You knew that, right? So, yeah, we are really conquering our fears tonight. And thanks for responding. That's really nice. It doesn't always work out that way. Did a show last week up in the mountains there at a casino and in a big room full of people. And nobody laughed at anything I said. You know, nothing. They just sat there and stared at me the whole time. And I just wanted to go home and end it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I realized there's a lot of tough crowds out there and I can't kill myself that many times. <laughs> God, I went home, I went in the garage, I got in the car, I rolled through the windows, I turned the car on, you know, that kind of thing. Well, it turns out I drive a hybrid, so I woke up in the morning feeling great. <laughs> Fully recharged, baby. That's why I want to be seven again. You got some kids here. I love being child. I want to be younger again. I don't know if that's possible. I don't, I'm tired of getting older. I would love to be seven or eight again. Wouldn't that be great, you guys? Wouldn't you want to be a little kid again? Yeah. There actually, no, you don't want to. Yeah, I know. But there's something to think about this. There are some rich people out there that are like really billionaires and stuff. And so they're working on like life extension technology. Some people, these rich people, these elites, they want to live to be like 300 years old. Anybody here want to live to be 300 years old? Anybody? No, no way. That is too many colonoscopies for me. <laughs> Lord, once or twice and I'm out of here, man. I don't think that stuff that many times. That's why I want to be seven, because there's no pressure on you. We're seven, no bills to pay. If there's someone you didn't want to talk to, you just did that little 45-degree turn, they were no longer there. <laughs> that doesn't work anymore as an adult. I know, I've tried. We're here to repossess your car. Oh, let me give this one a try. <laughs> Never works, right? You know what I'm saying? Think about when you're seven. All you do is figure out which candy you're gonna eat next. No pressure there. My favorite candy of all time was that long strip of adding machine paper. Had little candy droplets stuck in little rows. You guys remember those? Yeah. What were they called? Do you remember? Dots. Now, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Dots. Because I asked the guy last night. You know what he said? He goes, Yeah, acid. <laughs> circulation. Go to bite one off, snap it back, hurt yourself. <laughs> Think about those. Every time you'd bite one off, you'd slime the ones next to it and they'd stick to your neck for the rest of the day. <laughs> and while the colors were off, the little rainbow rash, that was pretty. I have tie-dyed hickeys on my neck. <laughs> Best one of all time, though, had to be the candy cigarettes, right? Oh, yeah, what a great idea those were, huh? By the time they got to you, it was just a box full of broken chalk, wasn't it? There's got to be a whole one in here somewhere. Then they outlawed them in certain parts of the country because it's a bad example for children. I must agree with that. Even when I was seven, I thought it was totally ridiculous. Bunch of seven-year-olds on the sidewalk, little cigarettes dangling from the lift. Packs rolled up in their shirt sleeve. Kicking back, looking tough on my tricycle. Ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Hey, this should be getting shorter, shouldn't it? I was eating three packs a day, for God's sake. I was cured with a kitty patch. You know the fruit roll-up right there? All right. Thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for me. I'm just pleased to Thank you so much.
glad you came out because we got another comedian coming to stage, and this guy, oh man, he just he creates so many different warm feelings in everybody. And it's not all just comedy; it's just some sadness, and it's and it's emotional, and he's very, very, uh, he's a very uh, uh, what do you call sensitive guy? Okay, so just be real gentle with him. He's really funny. He's not the least bit creepy at all. He's a uh, He's the guy that would be like your neighbor, the guy you would hang out with or have a beer with or watch the ball game with. He's a really sweet man. He's one of my best friends in comedy. Please welcome to the stage, Jonathan Gregory. Tonight. There's a couple over there. And 
I don't drink beer anymore because I think there's a chemical in beer that turns you into a woman. <laughs> because the last time I had a 12 pack, I got all emotional and bloated and I couldn't drive. <laughs> sitting down. <laughs> I saved a man's life today. He was choking. I took my hands off his throat. <laughs> Three point one four. 
five nine. Eight five six. It's up those on AI! This is the mathematic professor you're trying to correct my numbers. <laughs> Looks like I'm saving a whole line of people tonight. <laughs> and I realize that some of you people didn't understand that joke. That's because you went to ASU. <laughs> I went to Greece. And people were electrocuting their yogurt to stimulate the bacteria. It was quite the culture shock. <laughs> I got my tongue on a piece of cheese. Last time I ate sharp cheddar. <laughs> that was my cheesiest joke. <laughs> I'm never buying paper plates again. They keep jamming up my dishwasher. <laughs> that was my cleanest joke, Professor. <laughs> Can I check the science with you on all of these jokes? <laughs> object in the universe. You can envision it by taking a long strip of paper, twisting it, and then connecting the ends. Then you have made a one-sided object, the Mobius strip. Some of you people, you can argue with me about this. But I guarantee it's going to be very one-sided. <laughs> you will be unable to make a point. You can't get a word in edgewise because there is no edge. Hey, that joke kills at MIT, right? Endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Never could walk again. <laughs> you guys were waiting for the payoff on that joke. That was it right there. That was the payoff. <laughs> in high school, I was voted most likely to be found dead dressed as a woman inside an alligator. <laughs> And I went online, looked up all those girls from high school that used to think they were better than me, and found out they were right. <laughs> I tried online dating. I put up a profile, but I think I look a lot better from the front. 
tightrope walker. We dated online. You're a little slow on that one over there, huh? Haven't even gone to ASU yet, have you? I used to date an astronomer. But she said she needed more space. <laughs> this isn't a conversation, my man. Look at me, I'm the last guy you want to engage in a conversation, am I right? How about we try it again tonight, 7th Street and Osborne? I'll be behind the Mexican restaurant there, okay? Chat. <laughs> Enchilada on you. I'm more of a taco guy, actually.
to say that it, it feels great to be here tonight. I do, but I can't feel. <laughs> On many occasions, I placed my hand over a candle and felt nothing until they lit it. <laughs> Table full of kids right there in the middle. Where's your mommy? Seven bucks an hour, I'm cheap. You guys need a babysitter? Shaking his head, no. Professor? Camouflage man? young man that you're doing the Macarena, is that what you <laughs> If you, you guys can't see this, but he literally was doing the Macarena. <laughs> How do you know the Macarena? That's like 20 years before you were born. <laughs> you guys are always talking about, worried about the, the new generation of kids. Look at this. He knows his history. <laughs> Stand up, give him the Macarena, my man. Don't be worried, everyone. That is our next president. Thank you very much. Good night.